Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey guys, this is Dr. Santosh, your neighborhood friendly pediatric infectious disease doc and researcher. Woo! Santosh. <laughs> uh-huh. End game. <laughs> well, well, wait. Hold on, hold That's, on. Top of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Before everybody starts screaming uh-huh. at me, I have just watched in the same day Avengers Endgame yeah. and Game of Thrones, and let me tell you, there was a lot of emotion involving Starks. <laughs> yeah, I, Dr. Josh is usually a, quite a jovial fellow. I had to like, can we not talk? Listen, listen, <laughs> listening audience, as, as that is what you are. I have <laughs> emotions and opinions and feelings. He does. He's got I all have kinds emotions, of emotions and opinions true. and feelings about Endgame, and I have to process them and turn them all into this year's comic book medicine coming up in July. And just, I needed some lighthearted frivolity and that means it's an alternate week everybody's favorite journal club yay yeah i have absolutely zero kind of theme for this week it's really just i found a bunch of articles things that make you go hmm well why don't we get started with these santosh and we're just gonna have some fun there's no heavy science this week folks it's all just stuff i found amusing that we can talk a little bit about first off it's almost time for uh, summer and beach bodies. And, you know, here's the thing. Everybody always assumes that a beach body is, like, thin and buff. And I think that is just vastly 
underestimating the wide variety of bodies you can find at a beach. Where's the lobster claws or the sand repelling orifices? Uh, oh, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Or the burrowing yeah, appendages. Yeah, that's my beach body. I want to burrow. But <laughs> traditionally, I think the beach body that most people are looking for, I know there are a lot of people out there aching to get a six pack, but also who hate exercising. I fall squarely into one of those camps. I'll let you decide which. <laughs> I've I've been trying so hard. I actually joined a climbing gym. I enjoy uh you know rock climbing and stuff. It's a lot of fun. And that that puts kind of like a gaming element to it. There's an ending. They, you know, you reach the top of the mountain and you're like, "Yeah." And then you fall oh, that's away. Fun. Down. I throw axes. It's very cathartic. <laughs> I, you, I throw axes. Just repeating yourself like that doesn't throw make it better. Axes? What do you mean you throw? <laughs> you just changed the inflection that time. It's a good way to build Whoa, up core what? strength. So That's wait. where I'm driving. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is this literally like you go you go to a place like I mean it's like a, an archery range or a gun range, but like your but yes. your ammo is In like fact, axe. If any of you did watch the most recent Game of Thrones and were uh, enjoying Arya's random flinging of knives, instead of Arya, it's me. And instead of knives, it's axes. And instead of uh, zombies, it's just a stationary board. But otherwise, exactly the same. <laughs> Wait, and I I also learned from some of those and like watching knife throwing and stuff that you don't want to do the movie kind of thing where your blade or your axe like does the multiple flips through the air and then kachunks. You just want like a half turn or, or like a, like a one single rotation to getting it to rotate to the right amount of times based on the distance you are from the target. And as soon as I learn that technique, I will be sure to let you know. <laughs> In the meantime, okay, I'm building up okay, my core you. and my uh, my extensor muscles from from multiple throws each week, all in an attempt to achieve that six-pack abs. And then this week, I learned that I didn't have to go to all the trouble of exercising. I could have just gone for abdominal etching, a new surgical technique. <laughs> this is a new technique for liposuction, where instead of wearing one of those t-shirts that just automatically prints a six-pack on front of you, you do that but to yourself. It's this it's removing fat from localized body sites. Now, the very first attempt to do any kind of liposuction was in 1972, trying to remove yeah. some of the fat from a dancer's legs at the Foley Bergeret. Unfortunately, the surgeon performing that cut the femoral artery, which led to amputation of one of the dancer's legs. But we, we have advanced a lot. Ah! From that time, in 1980, we got blunt instrumentation to remove fat while preserving other structures. So nobody had anything, you know, amputated at that point. And now we've reached the point where by selectively suctioning out the fat along the linea alba, which is... Yeah, yeah. So the linea alba, your your belly button, uh, down to your... Uh... 
your happy mm-hmm. trail. You can draw it up to your ziphoid process as well. That's where the midline point where your six pack meets in the middle. You can see it if you open up the abdominal wall, that like white line, which is a set of tendons, which stitches all those muscles together so that the, the, the abdominal wall becomes one, it's the center you know, of complete the six pack. structure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so Steinbrick and Sinnoh are the surgeons who have provided a detailed account of they use selective lipocontouring that debulks deeper fatty tissues and superficial suctioning to highlight natural grooves in order to create an all natural and simultaneously artificial six pack in anybody. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're thinking, (laughs) if you're thinking to yourself, Oh, good. Who in the world What's would it? do this? <laughs> I mean, no, hold on, hold on. This is like repeated episodes of liposuction. This is not like No, no. One in and fact, done. not only is it repeated episodes, it's something like 20 different surgeries. Yeah. 20! And and you have to wear this foam on the outside so yes, that like, it kind of presses in. Yeah, like say if you're not compliant with everything that's supposed to be done, like you can seriously mess up. Dude, these don't look like abs. Now, <laughs> they do say the best results are achieved on patients who have a relatively <laughs> healthy diet and who exercise regularly. <laughs> So the people who can benefit the most from this six-pack ab-creating surgery are the ones following the lifestyle that will already give them six-pack abs. Now, now, this is not... (laughs) Well, Well, not entirely true. To be fair, like to give you sick abs, right? It takes hours out of every single one of your day because you have to do a massive amount of core exercises to get like that level of definition. The point it's, being it's difficult is that even after you are have six pack abs grafted onto you, you still have to continue exercising to maintain your new fake abs or presumably they'll just, I don't know, flop off. So this involves this involves something like 20 different <laughs> surgeries or, to achieve a result that most people get through exercise and then you have to keep exercising. Oh, so I I don't know. <laughs> the outcome itself seems like it's very questionable as to why you would do this. But there's a lot of people with body dysmorphia and they actually said sure. a lot of the people who have made use of this new technique honestly are folks in the fitness world who have everything perfect except for one area, like maybe one ab is just a little bit under contour. So they're using it more to shape and improve their already, making them have literally sculpted bodies. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, this isn't, it's not outside of the realm of everything that goes on, right? Because the only difference is like when you liposuction fat and put it in your tush, you know, your tushies being nice and badonkadonky is usually a good amount of muscle, but a lot of fat. In this case, you're trying to sculpt a muscular type of structure and and turn it. It sounds funny, but this is the most important part is that a key part of the exam of the preoperative examination is a pinch test that can be used to differentiate. Stop laughing. That can be used to differentiate. How much fat is subcutaneous <laughs> versus intra-abdominal? 
and the patient will then be counseled, only subcutaneous fat will be improved, and any resultant protuberance is usually the result of intra-abdominal fat. So they they reach out and they jiggle those love handles and they go, God, me, who's yeah, a me. pretty boy or girl? Yeah. And girls can have six-pack oh, abs too. Oh, of course. I've, I've seen amazing I, six-pack abs on women. Not that but the intraoperative has so six free. incisions, one <laughs> just above the belly button, three in the lower abdomen, and the love handles are accessed while you're lying down from lateral incisions. Then they use power assisted liposuction i mean guys i'll admit i'm not a surgeon and we couldn't get a hold of dr susanna to comment on this probably because she'd be laughing too hard (laughs) but i cannot encourage you enough to just read this article look at the techniques even if you have no clue what you're looking at yeah well I, I kind of liken this to you see some amazing like woodworking and stuff when it comes to, you know, people who are like amazing carpenters, uh, you know, or, or, or glass blowers and stuff like that or architects. And, you know, you say, how could they possibly make those structures and those kind of, that's, this is this kind of a thing. They, they actually spell out like a how to. Of all this, like, you know, very, very interesting work that they do. And you do get to see the hard work that goes into doing some of this stuff. Like, it's not, and this is when not, you say easy. not easy. They did this on 50 different uh, patients for that study. And a lot, about four or five of those patients okay. also had simultaneous correction of other. Uh, plastic surgery type issues, whether it's removal of gynecomastia, there were eight cases of autologous buttock fat transfer, in parentheses, Brazilian butt lift, because apparently there's several kinds of butt lifts, and they were using the Brazilian technique. This, there's a whole world of surgery that travel medicine has not explored. (laughs) And as soon as I get a reliable surgeon to come on the show, it's going to happen. So if you're, so if you're a surgeon, or you know a surgeon, and you would like to explore the fascinating world of surgical history contact us but we we really i've i've spent (laughs) far more time than i probably should have on this so let's move on to the next story uh it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy (laughs) ride but that's okay because that's going to help us you see it started now i'll tell you santosh this particular story started (laughs) off in uh, your hometown of nebraska i'm from iowa you know that it started off in middle america (laughs) Uh, out in Nebraska a 59 year old man was being rushed to the hospital in an ambulance because his heart was beating too fast causing chest pain difficulty breathing Uh, and because this is America it was a minimum 20 to 30 minute ride to the clinic which who knows if that would be sufficient time to perform all the things needed Except for the fact that, uh, well, this was Omaha and the roads were not in the greatest condition because we're just coming out of winter. Which, by the way, that's said, not we're just coming fair out of winter. Omaha, that's not an Omaha. Man. Roads are thing. crappy everywhere. However, en route Seriously. to the hospital on this 30 yeah. minute drive, life or death situation, the ambulance driver went straight into a pothole. Not not the whole, like, not one of those ambulance No, no, this was just a wheel-swallowing pothole that serves as a de facto speed bump and, in fact, provided such a jolt that it 
cardioverted the gentleman, meaning a pothole corrected an abnormal heart rhythm. That's right. Not not an electric shock like clear. Nope. I an ambulance driver that. going, oh shit, clear. Get out of the way. And hitting a pothole. And then the patient getting to the hospital and going, listen, this is really embarrassing, but I actually feel fine. The drive over really took care of everything. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Which is so. This is something that we've actually known about for a really long time, right? We've known that cardioversion for a heart that's just going way, way too fast, right? So it's pump, it's pumping boom, 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 so fast that it can't effectively move blood. Um, you know, there's medications to help with this. There's electrical shock, but you can physically whack the heart. And if you ha- if you happen to hit it in just the right way, you know you won't necessarily cause trauma. Yeah, but you'll now, you'll get the heart back. This is fun to me because you know NPR made a big deal that this week on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, but this is not the first time that potholes have sure. saved lives. Re- wait a minute. Oh, so I'm you're saying, saying that there's this at least four different results on once. PubMed that talk about specifically pothole conversion external mechanical force reverses supraventricular tachycardia or i should say supraventricular tachycardia terminated by external mechanical stimulation a case of pothole conversion or perhaps you would prefer pothole conversion the strange case of hearts being restored to normality through road repair or lack of road repair i guess so Apparently, the terrible condition of our roads is a boon to cardiologists everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Stop for just one second, Josh, because you did this. You're doing the same damn thing we do every single time we talk about CRISPR. Okay. (laughs) This is not some like, oh, Oh, we should just put potholes potholes everywhere everywhere. and just have people. What I'm encouraging people to do is just go casually driving around. No, no, okay. Travel Medicine Podcast does not encourage the driving of over potholes <laughs> as a medical intervention. Should like casually driving around. What are you doing? <laughs> seeking out potholes on no, your way. Stop it. On your stop way it. so you know the best route to take to the hospital uh, should you ever need it. I will I will well, throw don't this get, computer Santosh, out. Santosh, don't window. stress yourself out too much. <laughs> and if you do, make sure there's a couple potholes near your house. Let's just very briefly talk about why would a sudden jolt from you know driving into a pothole provide the same benefit as an electric shock to the heart how are those two working well yeah and and then maybe we should talk about why this isn't something that will consistently work every time and shouldn't be recommended as therapy for afib and only and only (laughs) one cardiologist every like six blocks no uh superventricular tachycardia is of course a Rapid heartbeat that can be caused by a number of different things, one of which could occasionally be your heart has its own system of regulating how often it beats or what your internal speed sensor is. Now, sometimes all you need is a good solid whack. And the the way the heart regulates itself is with electrical impulses. So when we at the hospital are giving your heart a good solid whack, we tend to do it by carefully and, you know, intentionally applied 
increasing doses of electricity. The idea being you jumpstart the heart just like you would a car battery. However, when driving over a pothole, what you are getting is a certain level of anxiety and a giant rush of adrenaline and an influx of hormones that are going to put your heart into a fight or flight mode. If it's already in a fight or flight, the sheer mechanical intervention could be sufficient to provide the same sort of smack that the carefully directed electricity would. Yes, I I think that's a good summation of why this works on rare occasion. Okay, now let's let's talk about <laughs> why it shouldn't work every time. See, if you're going to use a mechanical whack to cardioverta heart, it has to be in just the right way at just the right time with just enough force so that you don't cause trauma or hurt the person, but get the heart beating back into rhythm. And so it doesn't fail. This does not happen very easily at all, which is why it's a freak accident when it happens. It happens. It happens on average, based on case reports, once every 10 years. The first report is in 1999. (laughs) The next time it shows up in PubMed is 2009. And today, 2019 is when it made it to NPR. All different cases. So every time Marvel releases a new big event movie, (laughs) you can expect at least one more person to be saved by a pothole. (laughs) Right, exactly. Whereas people are cardioverted on a much more frequent basis in a hospital with doctors and nurses and very carefully regulated approved therapies. So I can't believe I have to tell people this. Don't to try be fair, going over most of my patients only visit the doctor once every 10 years as well. So, I mean, I feel like their odds of that specific <laughs> thing are about even. But let's move on to our next story. As long as we are driving you down a path full of, uh, you know, logic potholes and making you hate me little by little. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take you all back to high school uh-huh. biology. Just, just very briefly. Now, Santosh, do you happen to remember Ooh. Lamarckian evolution? Uh, yeah, yeah. So this was, uh, I, I don't remember the specifics that Dr. Lamarck uh, put forth. Kind of an offshoot of after Darwin had put down, you know, his observations on natural selection, random mutation. Yeah, so um, the two competing Lamarck theories was one of, the of evolution was at the time to be a were bit more Darwin's, which is it. that random mutations confer specific survival benefits and people who got the benefit of that lottery pass on their genes. And that's how we evolve. French naturalist Jean-Baptiste Lamarck thought if organisms change their bodies during their life to adapt to the environment, those changes could be passed to children. Essentially a cumulative effect. So the way that was traditionally taught was giraffes used to look like tiny little adorable spotted ponies but they kept stretching their necks to reach tall trees over their lifetime. And as a result, each successive generation of giraffes would have longer necks. 
Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I see. So this this wasn't and and so this type of Lamarckian right. That's not uh, how we evolved. Model has it's wrong time and time again. Been shown to be right. We have now okay. performed. That we've, well, we but a recent study of children yeah. of older fathers suggests yeah, yeah. that okay. it may actually be possible to pass some adaptations on in a Lamarckian fashion, and specifically telomeres. So Dan Eisenberg at the University of Washington in Seattle has studied telomeres, which are stretches of repetitive DNA at the ends of our chromosomes. And these telomeres shorten every time a cell divides. So they get shorter over our lifetime. If they get too short, cells may stop dividing or even die. So we don't entirely know what the purpose of these telomeres is in humans, but we know that they definitely get shorter and shorter over our lifetime and with insufficient ones, cells can no longer continue the process of replication. And yeah, this is a bit important. The the big reason why you can't have a cell dividing and dividing and dividing and why this kind of immortal type of cell line, you know, we've evolved out of it a long time ago is that the more times that a cell divides, the more you are propagating tiny, tiny errors in the genetic code. And so your cumulative lifetime risk for something like cancer of that particular cell because of errors goes up with each successive division. Telomeres have a lot to to do with the upper limit of human lifespan. You know, with all the best medicine in the world, we still can't seem to expand out on a hypothetical level beyond about 200 years is the upper limit of normal for humans, all things considered. I don't know any 200-year-olds, at least by chronological age. There's a couple cosmetically who are making an admirable run at it. But this, <laughs> right. there is an enzyme that we make called telomerase, which extends <laughs> shortened telomeres by adding more DNA to them. And this telomerase enzyme is very, very active in the testes, And multiple studies have actually shown that sperm from older men have longer telomeres than average. What this means is that older men may be able to reproduce without having children who would have dangerously short telomeres. Or by the virtue of being an older father, your sperm have much longer telomeres than they should. And you are potentially conferring upon your new offspring the ability to live a longer life simply by having waited to have them. Studying the DNA of nearly 3,000 grandparents Ooh, plus cool. their children That's and grandchildren is how Eisenberg discovered this. And a child's telomere length does correlate with the age at which their fathers and grandfathers reproduced. So this means that for those of you worried about not having children till later on in life, on the male side of things, by waiting, you may actually be gifting your child with a longer lifespan. If the things we understand about telomeres are correct, and in the absence of any other risks from having children later on in life, which of course increases the risk of DNA mutations. There's always upside downside, right? There's there's no such thing as like a, do the right thing so you'll get like a perfect, you know, type of baby. Um, but yeah, you can you can have this trade off that like you know if you're an older father, for instance, um, you have an increased risk for autism in your kids, but it may in fact be. That, you know, you, you wait a little bit longer and there's a little bit of this like almost Lamarckian type. All right. Well, I'm acting childish and I suppose that means our next story should probably be something pediatric based. (laughs) 
don't tell the dentist, like, you're a gummy, I'm but a gummy? scientists want to give sweets to children to learn how they chew. Now, this story was interesting because, one, yeah. you're a pediatrician. Two, my mom is a speech pathologist. And three, I enjoy candy. And this was just a wonderful way to uh, bring all three of those things together. Yeah, yeah. And, and this was even cooler because it, it includes an engineering feat, which I thought was super, super cool. You know, a lot of times Which when you I go to the dentist, super, super every so cool. often you have to have x-rays of your teeth and they ask you to bite down because they want to see what is your bite? How does the structure of your jaw determine your speech patterns, your tooth health, other dentist things that I simply don't remember at this time, but I'm going to keep talking in an authoritative voice. And the shape of your jaw can actually determine whether or not you're <laughs> able to speak properly. That's why we have uh, things like uh, cleft palates or people with lisps. So in an effort to study the mechanics of this, a number two electrical engineers, Dong Yun Lee and Bale Chua, created this device at Korea University in Seoul, where it is a Haribo gummy bear with a cheap medical device implanted that can measure the pressure exerted by teeth during biting down. Now, conventional devices can often be kind of scary for most children because there's a lot of metallic, weirdly shaped appearances, all these others. But the coolest part about this device, it's designed to be eaten. It's not put a gummy bear in your mouth, bite down, and then spit it out. It's put a gummy bear in your mouth. Now, wait, wait, wait. Okay, swallow. You get to treat these kids like training puppies. Yeah, (laughs) like the whole kind of like, not yet, not yet. This was preceded about a year ago, right, Josh? Um, So I actually went back uh, to Kohl Institute in Germany. Researchers from Technical University of Munich, uh, TUM, also called TUM. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Forschungszentrum Julik uh, that successfully uh, teamed up to perform inkjet printing into a gummy bear. And what they were originally going for is they were trying to see if they could print electrodes into soft gummy-like surfaces so they could monitor things with printed electrodes like in the brain or in the heart. So, you know, you can't just put like a hard piece of something in in the heart wall. You need to be able to print an electrode on the side of the heart wall um, and put it in there. But the heart wall is it's a muscular surface. So it's almost like jelly like. So it's so, so cool because initially, like, you know, Germany, these these wonderful researchers in Germany learned how to print these micro electrodes on there. And now, you know, we've got you can put them into the the gummy bears, the Haribo, and they were actually in Haribo. Bouncing like a different here application everywhere. Where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wait, um, did you see? They were designed the, did these a small guys use device the did they use, that um, is held between two little pieces of bamboo wrapped in conducting the, foil, and it's called it's yeah. called a natho natho and when you bite down, it changes the conductivity of the gummy bear. Oh, so these are like piezoelectric kind of thing. That's so cool. Electric. Checking it thing. in children, how hard children can bite That's down, so cool. is important to determine what their developmental stage is because you need proper muscle growth around the jaw 
to learn to speak or chew. So I can't wait till we see little electrodes being given in pill form to kids and the elderly in Flintstone what? vitamins or gummy bears. And you know, that at the end of the day, that doesn't sound so horrible. Uh, <laughs> ah, that makes me so happy. That That's like, because I, I really like the... Well, it's okay. You can just sculpt yourself some six-pack abs. Time to time. I shouldn't anymore because I'm trying to lose weight. But uh, that, that makes me even happier. Yeah. <laughs> uh see the funny thing is there i'll get like the six-pack abs right but i'll still like develop so let's move on to our final (laughs) our final story of the night it's okay because we're so close to developing mutant powers to grow them back laughing at me losing a foot we've covered human regeneration before all right and you're just you're just not you're just not gonna rise to the bait (laughs) all right well Santosh, I'm not. I'm in not playing this game again with you. In 2019, oh, you would be hard pressed to find my... a single human anywhere in this <laughs> country go, go. who yes. does not have a smartphone. In fact, making inanimate yeah. things more intelligent um, has been a hallmark y- of progress this century. Yeah. And why should our infections be left behind? So now, instead of just having smartphones, smartwatches. And I don't know, whatever other smart devices you have, now there are genetically modified smart bacteria being used to fight cancer. So how do these smart bacteria work? Well, the idea is that smart bacteria can be injected into tumors and trigger an immune response. In a lot of different kinds of cancers, the problems with cancer is that it endlessly divides and grows and grows and grows and has found a way to evade attack by the immune system, whether that's because the body says, oh, you belong here, or because the tumor cells throw up special cloaking devices on their external ends. And without these special protections, tumors would be open to infection by bacteria and viruses, just like any part of the cell that normally are wiped out by the body's immune system. So, Smart bacteria created at Columbia University, New York, take advantage of this by tumors self-protection. They turn it against them. So it takes a bacteria that normally would infect any kind of regular cell. Bacteria can affect any cell indiscriminately. Our immune system can only go after cells that have been marked. Sure. Indiscriminate. So they designed this bacteria and inject it in your body, and it's meant to grow and divide and cause, sure. in some way, an, a, a type of infection. You know, not one that's going to lay you low, but you are being in, intentionally infected. And once this bacteria reaches a critical level, they are designed to self-destruct. And when they self-destruct, they have to release an antibody in the heart of the cancer cell. That antibody basically sends up a giant signal or flare to the immune system that can then get past all the hiding and protection and attack the tumor cells. It started with an E. coli strain, which produced an antibody that would bind to CD47. CD47 is found on certain cancer cells. Unfortunately, it's also found on the surface of healthy red blood cells. So you can't inject high levels of this antibody straight into the blood because then your immune system would cause you to have a massive internal hemorrhage. Instead, you inject that marker into a bacteria and you inject the bacteria 
directly into oh, the tumor. Don't want so that. you produce high levels of the antibody only where it's needed. Oh, neat. Okay. I love that. So yeah, so this like, is this I is mean, almost the bacteria a much actually thinking more advanced or developed but, version of what know, we used to see with the old BCG sort of, vaccine for TB, where you use live bacteria to provoke an immune response that the body can then use to protect itself in the future. And the BCG yeah. vaccine has also been used to treat bladder cancer by triggering an immune response. So this could be the next generation in cancer fighting. We no longer, like, chemo can be very harsh, but we're just going to take advantage of all these superbugs that are rising up and are resistant. And all we have to do is genetically modify them enough that they self-destruct in an area where it is most beneficial to us. Oh, it's so cool, dude. So that that is, uh, that's it for this week. Those are all my fun little <laughs> stories that cheered <laughs> me up that's after awesome. the mass wave of feels. Uh, from social media because if you were a fan of star wars game of thrones or avengers it's been a rough week for you yeah it it was it was a lot it was it was nice but it was also a lot of feels um there have been two crotch stories that have been going around first one is for some reason we've had to tell people acknowledgement of gwyneth paltrow uh, because i assume she's garlic in their vaginas no she's she's not there were actually people who had to the, they they put out studies looking at the antifungal properties of a compound in garlic and countering you know antifungal you know having an antifungal effect, but people ran with that and said, Listen, "If you're worried about vampires you know, attacking hey, your vagina, you know, why don't I just by put all the means, garlic?" Use some sort of garlic body spray. <laughs> you don't need to put the whole clove inside. And if you are a young yeah. person putting sure. garlic inside because you're worried old people are yeah. coming for your blood, as we've talked about in previous stories here on Travel Medicine, well, I admire the creative solution, but it's still not going to work. So please stop yeah. putting things, whether it's potatoes, garlic, steamed eggs, infinity stones, just the vagina is <laughs> not designed for these. Don't put them there. As always, we love to hear your comments, questions, concerns, and feedback. If you would like to support us spiritually, emotionally, which I could use, or financially, links to do that are in the show notes, along with all the studies that we covered this week. Our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. The show is produced by me with a lot of help from all my co-hosts, even when I irritate the daylights out of them. And until next time, as always... Happy travels. (laughs) Bye, guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 